0: Hey everybody, how you doing this morning? I hope you're having a good morning. It's a little chilly here, but uh <clears throat> definitely makes you wake up differently. I like uh I like a little cool weather. I uh I just uh wanted to kind of share might be a little bit more disjointed than normal today. I wanted to just kind of share some of my favorite scriptures that have laid the foundation and um helped what I said in the little intro is description is they've helped to stir, you know, stir my heart, keep it kind of just kind of excited and steer my heart. So, um, I just want to share a few thoughts and scriptures that, that kind of undergird all this stuff we're talking about and why I love what I call sanctified psychology and why I love how the scripture is so insightful if you read it correctly. So, um, I don't know if I've ever said much about my testimony per se but I was raised American heathen and what I mean by that is uh I was part of a family that we just didn't go to church. Uh I don't mean very often I mean we did not go to church. <laughs> uh I remember going to church one time and I promise you that's the only time I remember going and it was Easter at a United Methodist or something. <clears throat> but um so I got saved at 20 20- 23. And um, uh, I just, I, I I had come out of, um, you know, drugs in the 70s. It was 1976. I had just married my wonderful wife. And um, I was just a mess, man. And when I met Jesus, it, it just like every, everything in my life just came to a point where this is, this is someone and something that, uh, that I could that I could live for that I could die for. And uh I like to say it this way I was smitten with the love stick, man. I was just so like wow. In fact, after a little while, some of my friends and relatives and Colleen's family said, uh, you know, we're glad you got saved, but you you might have gotten a little too saved. And uh, we were just excited. So, I've always been a person who watches people and uh there were just a couple of things I noticed pretty quickly. In my early Christian journey, and one was, not everybody was smitten with the love stick, not everybody, not everybody was just like, like ah, blown away by being forgiven of their sins and given a, a, a chance to rebuild their life in a beautiful, powerful way, following a a king and a savior that was just incredibly pure and honest and true, and uh, I mean, it just like blew my mind that everybody wasn't smitten with the love stick. And then secondly, I noticed that even those who were smitten, it didn't necessarily last. There was this pattern of excitement and whatever, and then it would kind of plateau and decline. And um, I just was like, what in the world, man, what's going on here? And it's part of what drove me to study the kind of stuff that we talk about. You know, Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower. You got uh, rocky soil, or by the roadside, rocky soil among the thorns, and then good soil. So, and here's a parable with four different soils. How many of them ended well? One. One in four. And um, those are the kind of scriptures I was drawn to. Like, God, what's the deal, man? Why why are we not sustaining this this this, like, I don't mean we've got to be, you know, Jack to the nines all the time. That's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about chasing feelings and emotions and stuff. I'm talking about where your life is ordered, empowered, and excited by the message of Jesus, the purpose of Jesus. And it's it's consistent, sustainable. And um don't have time to go there now, but buried in that parable are what I think are the key reasons. And uh, we'll probably get into that at some point. Um, but I just want to share with you as as I, I w- I've always been interested in longevity or um, sustainability or why why we grow to a certain point and then sort of stop and um, so I just want to talk to you about some of my favorite scriptures that help me wrestle with that for myself but also for other people. So uh, Hebrews eleven three. This is the Amplified only because it plays with the word that I want to play with. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, hebrews eleven three says this by faith we understand by faith we understand in other words it it takes some faith to really understand how the world came into being and all that kind of stuff so by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that what we see what we see was not made out of things that are visible this this one passage has so much in it but the word framed there uh you can stretch it to say, and the, and the Amplified does this, but I've studied it out, and it's it's legitimate. By faith we understand that the worlds, everything we can see, were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose. In other words, everything you can see was made out of words. And then it goes on to say, so that everything that's visible was made out of things that are not visible. Like I would say this to you about this, this talk today. The most powerful weapon you have, the most powerful tool you have to rebuild your life and to take it where God wants it to go, the most powerful weapons and tools that you have are invisible and weightless. Imagine a tool that you can't see and it has no substance in the natural, physical realm. And the, the tool, the weapon is words. It, 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 it's like you've got to, and we've been talking about this in a different way, from a different direction. But if you could just realize how powerful words are. Again, this scripture says that by faith, we understand something. That the worlds, everything there's this. What what is what is he referring to? Well, if you go back to Genesis 1, where things were created, you'll see this phrase repeated many, many times. And God said, then God said, Let there be. In other words, God spoke and things happened. And we're created in his image and likeness. Um, if you think about it, virtually everything that happens around you, excuse me, I'm gonna cough again. it's my morning voice. Um, But everything that happens around you is affected by words. I would even probably go so far as to say that virtually nothing happens in your life until words have projected you there, taking you. And I don't mean this in a weird new age way. I'm just saying it's part of how God created us. You know, you're driving to a job interview. Well, I probably won't get it. You know, I don't interview well. I'm, I'm such a loser. Now, oh, so you, you, my words magically made me not get the job. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I am trying to say is, what if you used your words intentionally? You know what? If this is the God, the job God wants me to have, I'm going to get this job. And if I don't get the job, it must not be the job God wants me to have. Now, what happens? You act differently. You come across differently. You carry yourself differently. In other words, remember what we said: BTFA—believe, think, feel, act. Well, if I believe my words are powerful, if I believe my words can direct me, James, remember James—the bit in the mouth—I think uh, two weeks back—the uh, the the rudder of a ship. What an interesting metaphor! And um, if I believe that—that that I can use my words to bridle the horse, direct the horse. And I can use my words to steer the ship. um, Then why can't I project them forward in a way that's honoring to God, but also honoring to myself? Well, what a novel thought that I would be honoring of myself. So what if by faith we understand that my world, my world, the one I live in, the one I inhabit, the one I interact with, that my world is framed, fashioned, put in order, And equipped for its intended purpose by the word of God. So that what I see unfolding around me is not made out of things that are visible. Whoa. Okay, hold it here, dude. So God, um, what if you took scripture like we did last week? Remember, we walked through a scripture and we we, we talked about how to read it in a first person declarative sense. Um. In other words, how to how to take scripture and use it to do exactly what this verse says. Use it to frame your world, fashion your world, put your word in the order that God wants it in, and equip your world for its intended purpose. Um, I really don't think I could overstate how important words are. Words program your soul. And then out of the programming in your soul, you live out your believe, think, feel, act, which gets you the results you want. Start being more sensitive, aware, and intentional. Sensitive, aware, and intentional about the words that you use and the words that you allow to reverberate and bounce around in your head. All right? Love you guys. Have a great day. See you next week, man. Later.